0: Could the Jets do the unthinkable and stick with Zach Wilson at quarterback even after Aaron Rodgers is cleared to play? Let's get into it today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Wednesday, December thirteenth, twenty twenty-three, and I'm your host, John B from GangGreenNation.com. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Today we have our weekly mailbag show. Each Wednesday we try and do a mailbag with listener questions. We begin with a very controversial question. John, Zach Wilson played great against the Texans. I know Aaron Rodgers could be a week away from being cleared to return to the lineup, but if Zach plays well again on Sunday and the Jets win, shouldn't the Jets stick with him? Oh, man, that is is controversial. I, I... I don't think the Jets would stick with Zach Wilson. I think once Rogers is cleared to play, if he wants to play and if the Jets feel comfortable with him playing, he goes back into the lineup. I, I think that the, the what the Jets should do though has a lot of different layers to it. Uh, first is that you know Rogers and the Jets have said that they're only sticking him on the field if the team has a chance to make the playoffs. Well, you know I, I've looked at some simulators, I've looked at some statistical sites, and even if the Jets win on Sunday their odds of making the playoffs are 1% and, or in that neighborhood. And that's because, you know, there's only four weeks left in the season. They have to jump seven teams to get to the playoffs. And that's, you know, that's a lot to do in just four weeks. And not only that, five of those seven teams are two games ahead of them in the standings. So when, when you only have four games, and you, need, you, need to, you need to jump a team by two games. That's a lot. When you, you need to jump five teams by two games, that's an awful lot. So I think, first of all, realistically, And I hate to start the show like this, but it's true and it bears repeating. Jets, really, even if they went out, they're not in the playoff race. But if you go a little bit deeper than that, I I think that maybe there's this perception that Aaron Rodgers is a lock to be great once he steps back onto the field. Rodgers himself has said that, you know, he's not going to be 100% if he returns to the field this season. And I think, you know, the the idea behind him returning to the field was that the Jets maybe did not have, they were never going to say this, and Rodgers was never going to say this. The idea was that the Jets were not going to get a good quarterback play unless Rodgers was on the field. So if they have a shot at making the playoffs, we put him out there because the idea is a compromise Rodgers is better than anything else the Jets can put on the field. But, you know, I question how good he's going to be because, you know, we don't even know how good Rodgers was going to be this year in general and a, a Rodgers that's less than 100%, a Rodgers who is not going to be able to move, and Rodgers playing behind an offensive line that's really not very good, I don't know how productive he's going to be. And that leads us to the whole Zach Wilson question, the whole Zach Wilson dilemma. Because if he goes out and plays well again on Sunday, I think it's very difficult to take him out of the lineup, don't you? I mean, how do you take a quarterback, a young a young man who's finally, you know, after three years of struggle, playing good football, how do you pull him from the lineup at that point? I think that that's a tough thing to do. I also think that whether or not Zach's here next year, and I think there's a better chance than there was this time a week ago. A week ago, it felt like there was no chance Zach Wilson was going to be a member of the New York Jets next year. Now it feels like there is like actually a possibility if he plays well down the stretch and you know maybe things go right. Uh, but no matter what, I think the best thing for Zach Wilson just to get game reps because you see it and you finally you saw it sunday i've been saying it all season long and finally the results backed it up but it just feels like zach wilson is improved this year now is he improved enough for what the jets need no but at the same time i think given the liabilities on the jets offense they would need like elite level play to be a winning team this season and zach wilson has started to show if he's not elite right now i think sunday he played a very good game But he's starting to show signs that he's putting it together. And I think a lot of this goes back to just game experience. He's recognizing things that the line of scrimmage he was not recognizing a year ago. You know, when the ball is snapped, he's deciphering things in coverage he was not deciphering a year ago. Maybe these things aren't at a great level right now, but the only way they're going to improve is if Zach Wilson gets more playing experience. So I guess like what I come down to is, do you want to put Rodgers back in there and hope he's you know, hope that he can play great while injured behind the bad offensive line when he can't move on a one percent chance of making the playoffs, or do you want to give Zach Wilson a chance to get more reps, get more game experience, and when you, you know there's ninety nine percent chance you're not going to make the playoffs, and if the Jets win on Sunday, I know there's a there I know there's a path to victory which involves the defense just dominating and the Jets squeaking out I don't know like a ten to seven win and Zach Wilson not playing very well, but Odds are if the Jets win on Sunday, Zach Wilson's gonna be it'll be in part because Zach Wilson's played pretty well. So do you want to pull the plug on him right as he's playing some of his best football? I would say no. I mean, I would stick with Zach. I would not put Rogers on the field for a lot of reasons, you know, that, that I've laid out here. But if Zach's playing well, that's one more reason to stick with him. And it's one more reason to not put Rodgers on the field until 2024. Like, there's no question Rogers can be the starting quarterback next year, as long as he doesn't retire. And there's no question he's going to be above zach wilson on the depth chart next year but for the jets over the final you know it'll be the final three weeks of the season I, I question the utility of putting rogers back out there at this point next question john if zach wilson plays well enough will it be a tough decision whether the jets pick up his fifth year option Now that's another interesting question now because zach wilson is a first round pick at the end of his third year the jets will have a decision to make this offseason and that's a uh, first round picks get four year contracts, but the team gets an option for the fifth year. So the team essentially can decide we're going to keep this player around for the fifth year. The decision on the option needs to be made between the players third and fourth seasons, though. So essentially, the Jets need to decide whether to pick up a team option for Zach Wilson for 2025. This is pretty expensive. You know, it used to be a, it used to be a kind of a bargain. It's not a bargain anymore. Um it the the other thing that you need to understand about the fifth-year option is the fifth-year option did not used to be guaranteed Uh, um it used to be a situation in the nfl the first decade or so where the fifth-year option was in play and it came into play in the uh, collective bargaining agreement that was reached by the players and the owners in 2011. the the originally the fifth-year option was not a uh, was not guaranteed it is now guaranteed. So if you pick, if just pick up Zach Wilson's fifth year option, his contract becomes fully guaranteed for 2025 and over the cap projects that it'll be about $19 million. So would you want Zach Wilson on the books for $19 million guaranteed in 2025? I think that's just too big of a risk for the Jets to pick up. I mean, based on what you've seen, I mean, even if he plays well down the stretch, would one good month mean that you feel good about guaranteeing him 20 million million two two years from now? I think that that's a tough sell. You know, I, I, there's always a risk in this. I mean, sometimes what happens is player doesn't really perform the first three years and then picks it up year four. And then, you know, if you had picked up the option, he wouldn't be, now he's a free agent because he didn't pick up the option. I just think that that's a risk you need to take if you're the Jets, even with Zach Wilson improving. Um, you know, it, I think it would, this might be a different story if the contract was not guaranteed for 2025. But now, ever since 2020 uh, ever since the, the latest collective bargaining agreement the contract is now fully guaranteed so the second the jets pick up that option they are on the hook for that whether or not zach is ready to go whether whether or not he's ready to be good in 2025 no matter how he performs in 2024. so i just think when you're talking risk reward it's i don't even think it can be a consideration to be honest with you i think it's just the thing the jets will just have to move forward and you'll know, do your best to develop zach wilson but I mean, it's one thing to say Zach is playing well right now. It's one thing to say he needs more reps. It's another thing to say I am all in on Zach Wilson as our quarterback in 2025. I think that the former might be true. I don't think the latter can be true for the Jets. Speaking of guys who Jets have decisions to make on, let's talk about Makai Becton. Ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we're going to discuss how Makai Becton's played this year. We'll talk about his future with the team. This is a guy who is... Entering your five next year. And because the Jets did not pick up his fifth year option, he's going to be a free agent. Was that the right decision? Should the Jets keep him around? We'll give some I'll give you some thoughts as we continue this Wednesday mailbag edition of Locked On Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet and FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, these NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Again, It's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet right now. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Jets are road underdogs, no surprise, as they travel to Miami this weekend. The first meeting between these teams did not go well for the Jets. Miami is an 8.5-point home favorite, but that line was around 13 points a few days ago. Maybe Zach Wilson playing well had an impact. I'm sure some injuries Miami suffered had an impact on that line as well. Jets still underdogs, 8.5 points. And uh, with an over-under of 38.5 at the moment. And you should know that the app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. So if you don't feel confident in the Jets this weekend and you don't want to bet against them, even laying eight and a half points, you don't want to do the spreads. You can do player props, you can do over-unders, and there's more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making lockdown jets your first listen or first watch every day and a big shout out to you every dayers this is a daily podcast covered the new york jets we have new episodes each day through the week monday through friday and after you listen to On jets you should know that lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube Locked On Sports Today is here for you, 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day, with local experts of Locked On, plus national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever the National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. We continue with our weekly mailbag. Our next question is from Kevin. Kevin writes, John, from what I've seen, Beckton has been about average this year. Some good, but plenty of bad mixed in, including pre-snap penalties and missed blocks. I've seen arguments from both sides. Is the state of the line so bad that they have to resign him or do they roll the dice in the draft and other free agent options? I don't know that I agree with Kevin. I think Kevin's being very generous to Beckton. I've been disappointed in the way he's played. And, you know, maybe it's just the knee. It's possible with, you know, the two serious knee injuries that he'll just never be the same. Maybe he would have been a good player, but I think beckton has been bad this year. I don't think he's been an effective player at all. I think he was, he was not good on Sunday. Um, you know, if you watched him... Houston was, you know, the, he was getting beat on blocks plenty, but uh, he's almost in the top 10 for most pressure to pressure allowed at the tackle position. And he's missed time. So I, I don't think he's been particularly effective as a pass blocker. And, you know, he was supposed to be this dominant run blocker, and it's difficult to find statistics on run blocking, you know. It's a little bit easier than it used to be to judge an offensive lineman's pass grades because you now have sites that actually like grade pressures. They actually assign blame to linemen for sacks and hits and pressures. So you're, you have at least a little bit more data than you used to when you're talking about pass blocking. You know, in the, in the past, like it was really difficult to judge linemen at all. Run blocking is still not quite there yet, but the Jets have struggled so much to run the ball. And like, I had this vision of Vecton being a, just like a people mover. In the in the on the offensive line. I have just had these visions of him throwing these these pancake blocks, these blocks where he's driving guys five yards down the field. Have there been any of them this year? And I feel like the Jets would not have had as many issues running the ball if Becton was as good as he should be. I feel like if Beckton was living up to his promise, you know, you'd see some big runs. You'd see you'd see cases, you'd see some plays where there's a big hole being driven open. I've never seen Beckton do that. Now, has Becton been an awful roadblocker this year? I don't know about that, but certainly hasn't been dominant. And, you know, again, like maybe it's the knee, but, you know, it, it, it's one thing to say, like maybe there are factors beyond his control that have led him to struggle. But it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But the question is whether he's playing well or whether he's not playing well. And I don't think he's playing well. I think he, he allows way too many pressures. I think, you know, when you leave him one-on-one against a good pass rusher, it's trouble. Um, I think this has just turned into a really disappointing pick. I'm glad he's been able to stay mostly healthy outside of, you know, maybe that I know he got banged up a little bit in the Denver game, had to leave that game briefly, and then had, you know, the injury that made him miss a game. You know, if you told me Becton at this point would, you know, have played most of the games this year, I think most of us would have signed up for it. But I don't think Becton's been that effective. I think the Jets should move on this offseason. In fact, this is this is something that makes me a little bit nervous because I feel like sometimes a GM does is hesitant to move on from his picks unless he has to. Now, there are cases where, you know, a guy is just so ineffective that you have to move on. Like Mike McCacken with Christian Hackenberg, where it was like so obvious the guy could not play in the NFL that like there was no choice but to move on. There are also the cases where the guy kind of pushes himself off the team like in Elijah Moore. In a case like that, you have to move on. Beckton's like one of those guys because he's holding down the starting role and because like the rest of the line is a mess. I think that maybe there's this perception that he's better than he really is. That makes me wonder whether Joe Douglas may re resign him. Tackle's a tough spot for the Jets this offseason. Uh, you know, I think we know Dwayne Brown's not back. I think we've seen Max Mitchell's the answer. Carter Warren's not a guy I would count on starting going forward. I think Carter Warren at least has a shot at being decent in a way maybe Max Mitchell does not at this point. But it tackle's a really tough spot right now for the Jets. And I mean, there's a very good possibility they're going to go into the offseason. Needing two tackles because well, quite frankly, Becton's not signed. Beckton is a starting tackle right now. So the question is do the Jets roll the dice and sign Beckton? And I think that they might. I think another part of this is if your reports he's Becton and Aaron Rodgers are apparently very close. So could that come into play? Maybe. I think that the Jets should move on though. I, I think that the only way I'd keep Beckton is like on a really cheap deal. If I'm if I could get him for like, I don't know, like seven million dollars a year or less and you know, you know that you're probably not going to be that good at tackle, but at least you're not spending a lot of money there. So the money can go to fortify other spots on the offense. Then that's a situation where maybe I'd consider it. And that's a legitimate team building strategy in the NFL. Sometimes you just say, you know what, we're just going to we're just not going to be very good here and we'll use the money and we'll make another spot really good. And look, Beckton's not a disaster. I mean, Beckton's not Max Mitchell. When you throw Max Mitchell out there right now, you know, you're going to struggle. You're going to have a guy who's going to struggle to hit any blocks. With Beckton out there, you know that you know he's he's going to play at a certain level. I'd say maybe a below-average starter level. Maybe he's an above-average backup. I think in an ideal world, what you'd do is you'd bring Beckton back as like your primary backup because I do think as a backup he's pretty probably be a pretty high-level guy, and he's got experience playing both right tackle and left tackle. So and that's and the, the backup that's what you want versatility because. Typically, you cannot carry five backup offensive linemen. You need guys who can play multiple positions. You know, there's only so many roster spots that go around. I don't know though. I think like I think Beckton's probably gonna get overpaid by somebody, whether it's the Jets or somebody else this offseason, because he's got that first round pedigree. And offensive line is just such a des- desperate spot in the league. Everybody needs a tackle. So, I think like somebody's probably going to overpay him to be a starting tackle. I think whatever team does that, the fan base will be really pumped about it at, at the start. They'll say, We got this guy. He's incredibly physically gifted. He was a top 11 pick just uh, three, four years ago. And I think Beckton will probably disappoint them. I, I think that the Jets should try and do better. It's not, it's easier said than done. I fully acknowledge that. It's not you know, building an offensive line. If it was that easy, the Jets offensive line would not look the way it does right now. But I think you have to try and do better because Becton, I think, is a is at the bottom when we're talking about starting tackles in the NFL. You know, he's better than again, he's better than Max Mitchell. He's better than like a, a backup who struggles to hit any blocks. But if I think you're even even by the standards of today's offensive line struggles in the NFL, I think Makai Becton is, you know, having a tough time. Now, here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll turn our attention to the good side of the ball for the Jets. We're going to talk about the defense. And the question is, is the Jets' defense overrated? I say no. And I'll explain why as so we continue this Wednesday edition of Locked On Jets. This episode of Locked On Juts is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And with basketball season here, now you can pick combo projections at Prize Picks across football and basketball from the specials league. This is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different leagues or sports. For example, you could take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Not only that, PrizePix offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return for the second, that player is rebooted and PrizePix is the only DFS platform with this injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for a first deposit match of up to $100 on PrizePix. This is the Locked On Jets podcast. On this Wednesday, we're doing our weekly mailbag show. Our next question, JB, do you feel that we are being overconfident with the defense? The overall ranking is number five, number two in pass defense, number 17 on third downs, and number 28 in run defense. It seems like we can be gashed up the gut and with screens to the running backs. It seems odd to overly brag about a defense that's 28th in run rushing yards and mediocre on third down. That's when it counts. Is our offense or lack thereof the biggest weakness on the defense, or do you have any concerns heading into next season that should be addressed on the defense? Should all the focus be on building the offense? I think the defense is very good i think part of the problem is that the offense is so bad that like our expectations of the defense are just sky high i think like it's like human nature that we try and like find the middle ground on any situation even when it doesn't exist and this is a good example because if the jets are losing games you don't want to just play the offense because maybe the defense had like one or two bad drives so if the defense well if they hadn't had that one or two bad drives the jets would have won but it's not fair i mean the jets defense is very good um the Jets' defense has faced a really tough schedule this year. They faced one; they've actually faced one of the toughest slates of offenses in the league so far this year. So you remember last year when the Jets faced all those backup quarterbacks, and people said, "Well, this defense is only good because they faced a bunch of backup quarterbacks." Well, not this year. This game against Miami—that's going to be their sixth game against a, te- a top eight offense—and I'm judging that on yards per play. So, Jets' defense has faced some tough opponents and has done a really good job. There's an old metric, DVOA, which kind of contextualizes things and kind of. To, you know it what it does is it judges how effective a defense is are you getting stops when you need to it also adjusts for schedule it's an old stat from the website football outsiders which unfortunately no longer exists but dvoa has continued um another site has picked up this metric they rate the jets as the third best defense in the NFL, behind only cleveland and baltimore i mean you look at this defense where's the weakness they have a good defensive line quinn and williams having another pro bowl season I've uh, got good edge rushers. You got JFM, Bryce Huff, uh, Jermaine Johnson's having a, a, a breakout season. The linebackers have been excellent this season. The, one of the which we thought was the weakness has been a strength at the linebacker position with Quincy Williams's emergence. And CJ Mosley's having his best season as a Jet. Um, you know, Mosley, who's you know, first of all, the first two years he wasn't on the field and then, you know, was kind of up and down the next two years. Finally, in 2023, it looks like a pro bowler uh mosley's having a great season you have the top one two three trio at corner in the league and sauce and dj and uh carter the second really the only weakness is safety i think tony adams has been a disappointment i think the jets you know the jets were really high on him and he did not perform he's not performed at the level you wanted to see him perform at uh whitehead after a great first game has not been that good this season safety is the spot where you could use an upgrade but i don't think you need to use big resources on safety Uh, first of all it's not really a position that requires you to use big resources to get a solid player. Second is that with the rest of the defense as good as it is, you know, I don't think you really need to allocate that much. Look, I think the Jets defense is very good. Yeah, they've given up a lot of rushing yards, but that's also, you know, I don't think you can really use rushing yards per game as an effective tool with the Jets because they're behind so much that teams are just going to run the ball. So even when the Jets are getting stops in the run game, you know, teams are just going to rack up yardage trying to run out the clock in the second half of games. I also think that, um, you know, even if the Jets aren't a great run defense, you want to be good or great against the pass in this league. That's one of the, one of the things that's driven me crazy because we've seen a lot of bad Jets teams through the years, but they've always been, like, good against the run, even when they can't stop. The, I'd rather stop the pass than the run because stopping the pass is what wins your games in this league. Look, don't get me wrong. I want to stop the run, too, but if I can only stop one... I'd, much rather prioritize the pass, because that's that, that's where the correlation between winning and losing is in the NFL. Can you pass? Can you stop the pass? Much more than the run. So I, I'm very high on the Jets' defense. I think the Jets' defense is really good. I, I have no complaints about the Jets' defense. I mean, yeah, like they've had some, a couple bad games, but I think this is a defense that's good enough to make the playoffs. The, it's the offense that's held the Jets back. And our last question, John, with Brock Purdy and Tommy DeVito becoming franchise quarterbacks, will this change the way teams approach the position? Perhaps there are other other hidden gems out there who just need a chance. I would pump the brakes a little bit on Tommy DeVito calling him a franchise quarterback. I think it's a little early for that. Um, I think that there are issues with the way teams deal with the quarterback position in general. Um, you know, like Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Would he be that good if he was on the Jets offense, where there's no offensive line and you know two guys who can do anything at the skill positions? You know, probably not we'd be criticized if he was on the jets yeah probably so i think you know like part of it's you have to build a team around a young quarterback you know it's it's not realistic to expect a young quarterback to go out there and move a team like Aaron Rodgers would or patrick mahomes or you know name the great quarterback when you have a joe burrow who can step in and do it almost immediately in year one or year two when you have a justin herbert who steps in immediately and looks great that's great but you have to understand those guys are exceptions to the rule And I've I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot with Zach. I've been thinking about it a lot with other quarterbacks. I just think the league's really flawed in the way they they chew up and spit out these young quarterbacks. It's like, if you can't do it immediately, you're gone. And I think in many ways, this obsession with finding the quarterback on the rookie contract has become detrimental to NFL teams. Because, yeah, it's great if you have a Burrow or a Herbert or a Trevor Lawrence, who within two years is really good. But most of the quarterbacks who enter the NFL are not ready to perform on this level. They're not ready to, you know, carry an offense. And some of them probably need more time on the bench. You know, I remember my my, when I was young, my dad always talked about how you know a young quarterback his day when my dad was my my dad always talked about like in the seventies, you know, young quarterback wouldn't even see the field the first couple of years. And for a time, I thought, yeah, but times have changed. You know, offensive schemes have changed. But you know what? Doesn't, isn't it common sense that like a quarterback can improve if he works on his game for a couple of years? Now, there are limits to it, of course. I mean, again, Christian Hackenberg, I don't think would ever be good. If you see plenty of quarterbacks you know, bounce around the league for years and years and never become good. But it's almost like if you can't be great right away, then teams lose interest in you. And it's got to be demoralizing for somebody like Zach Wilson to go out there and struggle. He gets criticized nonstop. He has all of the, the weight of the team, the weight of the franchise's failures dumped on his shoulders. And it's tough to recover from that. Wouldn't it make more sense to like have a little bit more patience with these quarterbacks? Now, the challenge is that co- coaches and GMs can't have patience. And this is another problem is that these guys' jobs are always on the line, so they can't they don't have the luxury of investing long-term in players. So they can't sit around because if they if they draft a player and then he sits for a couple of years, you know, you get criticized for it. You're like, well, this pick's not any good. He's not why if he was any good, he'd be in the lineup. You messed up that pick. So it takes a lot of it would take a lot of willpower for teams to take this approach, but I think the approach that needs to change is teams just need to like, give these quarterbacks more time to develop. And some may that might mean being on the practice field. That might mean not playing. It also means the NFL's got to figure out a way to get a developmental league. Because as I mentioned, Zach Wilson needs reps more than anything. And he can't—he needs reps in low-pressure situations. I don't think it's good for Zach Wilson to go out there and, with the Jets right now because when he struggles, he's like the lightning rod of criticism. It'd be better if there was a developmental league. Zach could go out there and get his reps and like, he'd be under the radar and he wouldn't have to worry about getting crushed if he played poorly. I think that there's a lot that could change about the way NFL teams deal with quarterbacks. And I'm sure we're going to get into this you know, as we move closer to the offseason because I have plenty more thoughts about this. But that's all for today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening Let so you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show or listening on a podcast, always give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with Kyle Krabs. Locked on Dolphins for our weekly crossover show.